creepy campfire. I mean, it's worth it to not get caught for murder. Um, his balls wasn't feeling right. Freak out! That's not reassuring. Get freaked out. See, so these are where the questions come from. This yeah. is where it stems from. This is what makes it fun. Welcome back to Creepy Campfire, your source for all things strange, the unexplainable, the infamous, and the mysterious. Here are your hosts, Jordan and Ryan. Oh yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to the Creepy Campfire podcast. Um, I just wanted to, to do a little different intro this time because this episode, uh, it, it's it's a good, it's a long one. Um, it wasn't intended to be that way, so we're going to be splitting this one into two parts. Um, so I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you. If you can't already tell by the title, uh, we're talking about biblical monsters. So monsters and other creatures that are found in the Bible and kind of analyzing, you know, what that might be culturally, where that might come from, what language are they talking about? Uh, because I found it interesting. Um, because there's so much with uh, how the Bible was made, uh, we got into a little bit of a this first part here, it's going to be a lot of the contextual clues of how how the Bible is made, why things were put the way they are, um, and the purpose of things. Um, so that way, when we go into talking about the the monsters, the words they were translated from, um, the the names given to them, and the importance of different things, it makes a little bit more sense for for even for me. Like going into this, I learned a lot of things, and I've been reading the Bible for a long time, so. This first part, it's going to be um, setting up for everything following after. So we've got part one today, um, and then we're going to have the next episode where we, we really deep dive into all the monsters on the next one. So enjoy part one. I really hope you guys like it because we had so much fun making it. And remember, everybody, stay toasty. Welcome back to Creepy Campfire. Hey, everybody. Jordan, it feels like forever since we've done this. It's been a couple of weeks. We, we took a little bit of a holiday holiday break. Yeah. Um, Christmas, New Year's. Yeah. Everything in between. Doesn't really feel like a break now, but <laughs> ready for a regular vacation. That's right. Well, and we part of the break we really recorded Patreon episodes. Mm-hmm. So you guys haven't heard this on the main feed, but go to Patreon and there will be two or three episodes up there for you to check out if you choose to subscribe. Yes, sir. But, Jordan, why don't you introduce our guests today? That's why I said guests. How we got a couple on today. This is a, this is the first. This is the biggest group we've done. Whole four people. Whole four people. <laughs> One more than last time. Uh, so we have my wonderful sister, Cassandra. Hello. A.K.A. your wife. My wife. <laughs> and their very good friend, Kristen. And my good friend, Kristen. Hello. Our good friend, Kristen. I think it's we should the tell the people day. why Kristen is famous in the family. Uh, she makes <laughs> the world's best cheese ball. I just side-eyed you so hard. <laughs> it's got that bacon on the outside, though. It's so good, though. Kristen has just been adopted by Cassandra's whole family. They So why don't you tell the people about your relationship briefly? So Kristen and I bonded in college our freshman year my only year um we had to come up with a cheer it was chaos i don't like chaos Kristen appreciated that i didn't like chaos she scared me 
And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're friends. Well, and her dorm was immediately next to my dorm room. So we were neighbors. Spent a lot of time sitting on the floor in the hallway and each other's floors. Talking. And commiserating about yeah. our terrible roommates because equally terrible. That's they what were they were. Really bad. Mm-hmm. Really bad. <laughs> so that and we should have just switched because they liked each other and we liked <gasps> each other. So why we didn't think of that no, at that point. I have in time, no idea. Nope. Don't know. But we probably could have done it. Anyway. I mean you guys spent a majority of the year together anyways, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now and now we're here. Ten years later. I know. Ten what years a already. Oh my gosh. And ten years later she brings a cheese ball to Thanksgiving. <laughs> to every function. And now, every... now it's a mistake. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. six functions in, everyone still expects her cheese ball. That's why I make it, but yeah. I wanna I wanna branch out. But I feel like I'd let people down if, if I you did subscribe not. to the highest tier of Patreon, we might give you the recipe for it. Okay. I'll I was going to say, it. why don't you explain what a cheese ball is for those that don't know? Mm. Oh, well. <laughs> it's delicious. It's so good. It's literally just cream cheese, shredded cheese, bacon, and ranch seasoning. That's it. And you just dip crackers. It's super, super good, but it's very easy. It's all the best things in life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cheese and dairy mm-hmm. and bacon. Uh, yeah. I mean, bacon. Come on. Jordan is oblivious to what this is going to be. And besides the actual topic. So we're talking about biblical monsters today because we all know I like the monster stories. And where do you have, um, quote, examples of that? We're going to see how many listeners we can not lose on this episode. Um, <laughs> what makes you say that? <laughs> both sides of the coin, man. Um, but like, there's a lot of language in the Bible that alludes to things like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be fun to kind of go in and do a little dive on that. So who better than my wife and Kristen, who both have went to a Christian college and have had various roles in churches. Extensive background. So, (laughs) and while I, my knowledge is going up a little by little, they can, um, um, Elaborate. Yeah, they'll, they they can find the words that I can't never find on a podcast where you need words. Um, and I can learn something new altogether. Yeah. <laughs> so is it that usually things are kind of like skirted around? Can, um, I, can I answer that question? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, things aren't skirted around. Monsters in the Bible are actually very, very explicitly explained most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um and the whole thing is like they're not worldly creatures they're heavenly or spiritual creatures so the reason that they explain them is because we can't see them so it's all it's all imagery so they it's because it's not something in the world that we have context for that's why it's not talked about but they're not all good right there's yes and that's usually defined in the text okay so I would assume, like, if it's in the Bible, then it's going to be, like, it's going to carry some weight either way, but... Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. How, I mean, is it a pretty common thing? Like, how some, frequently some, it's mentioned? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, whatever, however many there are, are so pretty present. To be clear, I'm staying away from anything demonic, um, possession, spirity type things. Um, it's strictly, we'll get into it in a minute, but like, it like touches on that, like a physical, like the Bible does. Yes. 
Yeah. So, like, I'm staying away from all of that, which we talked about a little bit before with, like, the possession of the pigs and mm-hmm. and things like that and Jesus casting out demons. Uh, but just so it's clear, like, I'm there's a divide there. He just found creatures that are monstrous and not necessarily nat- quote-unquote natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, it's very prevalent. Throughout the Bible, there's different things a lot of the times they're protectors of something holy is kind of where you see the most detailed explanations of them or if they are like warrior-esque so like if they're fighting a battle so if it's like a holy creature or like a yeah okay um like the book of if you really want to just go deep dive into it the book of revelation every other verse there's like something Mm, yeah revelations is a trip yeah which (laughs) Well, that's another thing is that it can come from so many things, right? Because, I mean, how many different iterations of... Well, there's 66 books of the Bible, and then there's thousands of different translations, translations of those 66 yeah. books. Yeah. So... 66 mm-hmm. books? You're not even counting chapters within each book, dude. It's a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. So, like, multiply that by... Oh, yeah, a lot. However many cultures. So, and like, we'll probably talk about translations because how one translation describes something. So like, the Bible talks about a unicorn at one point, mm-hmm. but my translation calls it a boar. Okay. So like, mm-hmm. you, that's what's cool about the different translations is because you just find what captivates you and what works for you. And no matter how you look at it, it was a wild beast. Like, that's what the unicorn and the boar was. But the original Bible was written in Aramaic and Greek and some other things. But those are the main two. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, those are dead languages now. So you can't know unless you are, unless you know Aramaic exactly but because it's dead, we we have to use the translations to make it work for today. And you have to look in context as well. So as we talk about different things, I think it's important to remember that because we're not saying that you have to believe that a werewolf is a werewolf. We're just saying that in this translation, the way that that puts the picture in your mind presents it as something that's monstrous. Mm-hmm. And to and like that's how it felt to the people at that time. Mm-hmm. So it gets so, the point across. Yeah. But that'll be cool to see the difference between the translations and yeah. like what one might see as opposed to... Yeah. Okay. All right. Right on. So you've got notes prepared? Yeah. Yeah, All I've right. got some notes prepared. And then I brought our two guests on to, to help elaborate on things and and speak about some things they might have knowledge of that I don't. This is like my favorite thing to talk about, so just rein me in, if at any point. (laughs) Monsters or the Bible? The The Bible. Bible. (laughs) I think it'll be cool, too, because, I mean, I know, well, you're definitely the most religious person I've known, so it'll be cool to kind of see, like, somebody else from a similar background, what you guys will... Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Not clash, but I mean, how you guys will beat off each other. I wish you guys could see Jordan's like vigorous waving. <laughs> What's going to happen right here in between you two? <laughs> All right, let's start with the first one, which you already mentioned, which I had first in my notes, was the unicorn. So uh, unicorns are mentioned nine times in the King James Bible. And let's just stop there. So that's the King James to a lot of people like that's 
Like that's the OG Bible. Thank you for stopping because I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, yeah. no, that's <laughs> so the, the one with all the these and thous and thys, King James. Okay. From that, newer translations have been made. Um, some just up like update language. Um, some to expand on language. Um, was the King James not to catch? I'm sorry. No, was the fine. King James specifically one of the first? It's written in Old English, so it's not one of the first. It oh, okay. was. It's probably one of the most, for our generations that are existing, probably one of the first translations. More translate, like a lot more translations have come out probably in the past 10 years than probably ever. Yeah, at that time it was just, uh, all these books were collected and decided to, like, okay, let's put them all together now. King James is also popular because when the Crusades were happening, mm-hmm. the King James is like, it was under that like reign yeah. that all that was happening. So that's nice what crusades. most people were taught on. So that's what people like to stick to because we can trace that back to mm-hmm. understand why that was that way. Mm-hmm. Where other translations... If we can keep it in our lineage. Yeah. And, yeah. That makes sense. I gotcha. Why would you say, I mean, if there is a specific reason, why would so many more be coming out in the last decade as opposed to um, well, last one, century, say? Sorry, Kristen, please chime in. I don't want to. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, One, we learn more as we do more research about the Bible. So there's more explanation um, as we study language and just culture. So like the word that we thought to mean love didn't actually mean love. It meant friendship. So the word gets changed because the way that that word was used in the context of relationships in the culture didn't mean a romantic love. So like it just gets more and more specific. how drastic do you think that difference is, though? I mean, are there Bibles literally out there with, like, literally one-word differences? Yes. That's... Yeah. And a lot of very, very conservative sects of uh, Christianity believe that KJV, which is King James, mm-hmm. is the most accurate translation. Okay. But just like Cassandra said, like, over time, as we've developed, you know, new sciences to figure out context of different words and, like, how to translate and stuff... We're getting more and more accurate versions and there's a lot of controversy because some people think that our translations now are less um, accurate than they used to be. But it's kind of like, you know, are you going to kind of trust the new science and stuff like that? Does that make sense? Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's kind of a, I mean, I see where people are coming from and in, in that it could be a game of like, it's in between mm-hmm. the updates in the science and what we can understand. Right. And, uh, you know, how games of telephone go, mm-hmm. how things can get yes. lost in translation. So it's like, well, that's also why I kind of like all the different translations, because if I don't, there are times I just don't agree with what I first read in the Bible. I'm like, that's not what I know to be true from what I know. And if you see so many different iterations, yeah. of it, you can pull your own. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and like the Bible never contradicts itself. So like you can look at different translations and see like, okay, well, here's the common thread of what they're trying to get across mm-hmm. and pull it pull it from that even if they have different i mean how long would you say like a passage is uh it depends (laughs) there's there's books that are six chapters long so i'm like wondering what the biggest difference would be between like one bible and another bible no that's not like a couple different translations what is this start with genesis because it's legit the beginning not to get i mean like to get to the core show him a book of genesis i was gonna say and then a verse of genesis and then yeah so this is a study Bible, so this is extra words yeah, that's on top like, of the actual that's double Bible. what the Bible really is. Okay, so 
But there's not, I mean, obviously this isn't the 66 word. This is all 66 words. Oh, okay. Yeah. So That was my thing. I was like, Genesis. Wait, like, no, 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 no. no, so Genesis is one book. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many books or chapters are within this book. That must sound so 50, there are 50 of them. No, you don't sound ignorant. You no, know, not been exposed. at all. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so. Here. There's 50 chapters. Not all chapters are the same length. It could be a very short chapter. Gotcha. So, okay, see how there's like a one here? Mm-hmm. So until it gets to two, you're in that chapter. But then there's little numbers on each like subsection. Mm-hmm. Those are verses. So like when you cite scripture, like it's Genesis 1 verse 24. That's how you find exactly. So like each sentence is numbered. Wow. Or couple sentences, yeah. Do you want to read like a verse and I read a verse in the message? Yeah. Would that be helpful? I was about to say if we could do like an NIV yeah. and yeah. then uh, well, I was thinking the what's the one you? I have the amplified, and I have message up right now. Okay. I don't know message. I just know how different amplified is. Yes. And I have no so. idea what any of this. Yes, is. Yes, this is gonna help. <laughs> so another reason translations are happening too is like one of the goals of Christianity is to get all people to believe. So it also is written to speak to current culture. So they'll take mm-hmm. how we would say it today. Mm-hmm. So that way new believers, 66 books is intimidating. Keeping it updated. Right. And like having to, you don't want to feel like you're studying when you're trying to get to know something all the time. You want it to be easier because it's such a big concept. When you want to form a relationship. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's the whole thing. So, well, yeah. And it's one of the, I mean, it's, if not the biggest concept, like yeah. universally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the message is one of the newest versions and that is meant to be written, read like we speak today in like concepts that we can easily, like it tries to take the biblical concepts and translate them into concepts in the way that we think today. So it's trying to keep it out of the how, hundreds. Yeah. 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 So um, I'll do Genesis 124 because that's where I'm at. Um, and this, what, what are these years? Oh, you're NIV. literally going to go different. Or yeah. if you do cool. okay, cool. one through two, this one okay. is really different. Okay. Wow. Okay. So Genesis 1, 1 through 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that's the New International Version in IV. And then the message is a bit more casual and feels like a story. So it says, first this, God created the heavens and earth, all that you see, all that you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness and inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. Hmm. So it's saying the same thing. It's just in a kind of different tone of voice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you got, you have different versions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, you, and you have you have people like me that like the studying part of it. That like I really want to know cultural context and why things make sense in the way they were and why people did things that now seem really weird. And then you have people that really need uh, that really relationship tie. Mm-hmm. So they need that language to move them into that feeling. Yeah, for lack of a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then you just have translations. Like Cassandra was saying, you had like it was Aramaic, um, Hebrew, and Greek. And those are the base three languages that were translated to make the big compilation of books we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, in a language like Hebrew, 
you have one word that can mean seven words Mm -hmm. and not even close words like love and friendship could literally be like love and science like totally different words but we have to figure out what what kind of context they were using in that Mm -hmm. okay so we'll see how that kind of plays out it's just crazy to me that the subtleties in that right there is like what all of the wars have been fought over yeah (laughs) yeah and even with like niv and esv which is english standard version like it's very even more subtle than that so it could be like one part of the sentence is behind the other part Mm -hmm. but it's saying the same thing it's just mad (laughs) it's a little confusing totally why yeah but like this message version this is what i'd give my dad because my dad's a trucker and he doesn't understand the big fluffy language does that make sense so that, this is more makes casual total sense. so mm-hmm. like where what do, what i'm um, just to pry a little bit where your family's and background is very, you know connie's very religious mm-hmm. what was your my family background is very Anyways. i would say as a whole very unchurched so they will talk about christianity as if they understand it mm-hmm. but most of them do not attend church um and most of them do not read the bible or really know what it says so it's kind of like a cultural christianity if that makes sense so i come from that background but i more so align with cassandra's uh vein of faith now as what, myself who got you into it if um not, yeah so it was you no, I went to church with my neighbor, actually, who became my cousin. She, Her mother married into my family when I was oh. young. And through that experience, I actually got to understand the Bible and go to church and understand like what they were teaching. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got into it. And then I pursued a Christian college when I was ready to leave my home. And um, that is what I really credit for going deeper. Because my even the church that I grew up in, it was very regimented and very strict and Mm -hmm. not very i want to say not very like deep it was just kind of like here are the surface level rules and so when i went to this christian college i expected a lot of rules and i found a lot of relationship and that the spirit of god was just wild and so like today where i'm at in my faith is so much deeper Mm -hmm. than when i was like a teen in high school just attending a basic church when you might have even been going more consistently yeah but it just wasn't something that you related to as well Right. And I mean, at that time, I really related because I was a great rule follower. Yeah. I just thought that was the extent of what faith was mm-hmm. and Christianity specifically. Which so I when feel I, is a kind yes. of a misnomer for... Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say that that's what it's all about. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. See, now I wish I brought mine in so you could see the difference. This is a cultural study Bible. Mm-hmm. So like I was saying, I want to know why people were doing things because you could read something and it's like, why in the hell did they take a turtle shell and have a woman spit in it and whatever. <laughs> so someone you were talking about had the, con- the cultural context clues? Yeah. And there's so, pictures and definitions and stuff in his. Yeah. So, so his is bigger. Everything above this dotted line. So this is the actual scripture mm-hmm. part. This is the breakdown all down here. So like only that part is the actual scripture. Mm-hmm. So it's literally half. So this isn't technically no, it's a just, Bible. No, that's the Bible. Yeah, this is. It's just adding some extra content for you to understand the Bible. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so this they're part fitting it all the up here across the whole... That's uh-huh. crazy. Yeah. That's okay. why his is wow. thicker and mine is like thinner. Yeah. Does that make sense? Jeez. But yeah. Okay. So, everyone's 
all three. Wait, I have all not different read translations. Yeah. This would be so helpful. Yeah. So this Show is everything. the Precious Moments file. This is my first ever Bible <laughs> that Aunt Danny got me as I was when I was born. Oh, that's sweet. Shout out to Aunt Danny. Um, but this is the King's James version. So this is the Thy Thou. So Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And that said without form, right? Mm-hmm. Huh. See, mine says formless. So it's saying the same thing. Yeah. It's just that very subtle difference. I like a swimmer. <laughs> this one gets harder, though, because of yeah. all the these and thous. Oh, yeah, for sure. Crazy thing. I read this one. This is the same as ryan's but like mine's not a study bible so this is a translation this is a translation this is a translation yeah. this is translating a translation and a study bible no, that just that's a, well, it is a translation of. kind of yeah. so that's a study bible in a translation wow. this is a teen bible so this is like this even like is so it's the bible and then there's little like subsections that are like you're probably experiencing this in this way right now you hate your parents so did jesus <laughs> oh. like, <laughs> they're trying to context clue your like your, adult, your childhood yeah gotcha um but so like this is what i like learned faith on this is what i learned jesus on and this is like how i fell in love with like the actual bible yeah is that just because of the different stages that you were at in your life when you were doing those partially this was harder to read like king james is harder to read oh yeah, yeah. um so you just discovered yeah. even more in this one mm -hmm. discovered more in that one and also like the niv i feel like is the perfect Story. in between yeah. between the more of the casual translation and the more formal translations mm -hmm. that's okay. the international version yeah. um gotcha. and then this one is the amplified bible and it gives you more words so like i'll read you genesis yeah what does that one say in one and two so this gives you more words more names and it'll give you like the original and like explain synonyms to the original word word like so in the beginning god elohim which is another word for god and there's like a million names for god so like that's the other thing mm -hmm. in the original bible like god's name had context so like mm -hmm. god the provider god my redeemer god my whatever mm -hmm. um gotcha. instead of just god so mm -hmm. in the beginning god elohim created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep primeval ocean that covered the un the unformed earth the spirit of god was moving hovering brooding brooding over the face of the waters so like it, so it, takes, that a, was just it takes a statement and turns it into a paragraph yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes that's what the amplifier is oh, okay like when you look at it there's like this is the one that I feel like I always saw, like looked at, and was like, no. Um, but like there's parentheses and brackets that like go deeper. So like if you want to get stuck on what one word really means, this is the version that allows you to, to do that. Wow. So yeah, so you have options. Is that referencing like a original like Hebrew yeah, language or something like that? Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Which is why I like it, because I'm like, I get to know for real what's happening after all these years of memorizing, like, just what I've been told, so. How was, uh, how was Connie and Ben about this? I mean, because you said that your mom oh, was super strict on this. My parents, yeah. You gotta remember, so. I know that you're, so, well, I mean, I don't know if it's. It, it, it's, it's a cultural thing as well. Yeah. Just like, like, I, I understand why anyone would be very upset 
to see a different version of their holy text, mm-hmm. no matter what religion you have, because that's that's the core of what you base your life on. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why it would be scary to see any kind of change in that, to and why it would seem disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, where where I'm from which, I mean, it's an older part of the country. There's churches that have been there longer than places have been states. Like, you don't change. Like, the world's bad. This is what's good. Don't change what's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the whole, and that's not even the whole area there. It's just more common than here. Which is why you both now align more in the vein of... Yeah. <laughs> I see. And so, like, the message, like, I read how it was, like, storytelling, that one is seen as really controversial, even by people who align with NIV now, because they're like, this is too casual. What if this is Mm -hmm. missing the point of what Jesus is saying, right? Or, like, what the Bible is saying. But it's also translated with science, and, like, people are devoted to making sure that it operates and translates, like, the original Mm -hmm. street language, because people back then were illiterate. Like, they Mm -hmm. had street language. They talked off the cuff in, Mm -hmm. it's called Koine Greek, and that just means street slang, like street Greek. And so what they were doing with this translation, the message, is they were translating it from the most, like, you know, impoverished communities, how they would describe these things, putting it into language we can understand culturally. Mm -hmm. So it's just as, like, scientific and sound, but a lot of people still feel like, I'm afraid of change. Like, I'm afraid that this is too casual. Mm -hmm. But again, this would be great for my dad. And my dad is a little scared to read it because he's like, no, KJV, I was supposed to read King James. But that holds Mm -hmm. him back from reading it at all. Yeah. So for me, I would rather give him And that's really the thing is, like, do you, the whole point of this is to get people talking and thinking and and building that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even if it is a little too casual, I understand, like, the importance of what it is. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you're getting someone to think and talk about it. Yeah. And isn't that what you want? So even if you there needs to be a little correction made later, you would think you're that getting you would it just started. want that to evoke that feeling yeah. in whoever possible. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, and the whole thing is like you're once you're captivated by the Bible, you will believe that it's God's word, and you'll want to hear Him in so many different ways throughout your life. So you're not going to stop with the one train. You might, but I don't believe like. Yeah. Nobody I know has ever stopped no. with the one translation. <laughs> so like you're going to want to hear more. You're going to want to hear like a fresh word or a fresh perspective and like you'll dive into different things and like the whole that's that's what cultivating a relationship with God looks like. Yeah. So like who cares which one you pick? Like, if you want to hear about the unicorns and not the boars, go for the unicorns. <laughs> like, it's if it's going to bring you closer to this relationship, we believe. Be like, more with me, okay? Yeah, I like my the, unicorns. <laughs> that's the whole point. So, and I don't think God's angry that if you like one or the other. So, I would assume he would just want everybody to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love having there. access of so many translations because if one confuses me i can turn to the message and read that same passage understand context go back and look at the other one again Mm -hmm. if i want to check the esv like apps today i can choose out of all the translations at once and i can select and it will populate oh my god i wonder how many how many apps are are there a lot there's a lot of them but if you're listening and you're curious and you want to look at some i suggest you version which is just y-o-u-v-e-r-s-i-o-n and it literally has all the different ones and it has like reading plans and a bunch of different stuff okay. to help you get into it if you're if you're curious okay all right so so i know we're we're 30 minutes in 
and we've not got to the monsters yet, guys. That's okay. We needed context. Exactly. And that's that's the big like I hate I hate things taken out of context and I love um things that have all of this support around it. And but if you don't understand what the support is around it, that you it's not going to seem like support. That's, they need context clues. I mean, if I need context clues, they need context yeah. clues. So. Well, that's the whole reason I like the alien encounter stories we have because there was a sheriff there, there was like a whole family up there, there was like six other random people because you have more stuff to corroborate mm-hmm. it. You get more with it, but if you don't understand where it's coming from, then it's just going to seem like a bunch of hooey. The undulating skin. I still remember that episode that you guys did. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> like undulating skin. That's no, like terrible. rippling nasty skin. Yeah, that, yeah. that was Zan, the Zanfredo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so last thing before we get into it, and I'm going to give you a quick list of the things we're talking about. So we're going to talk about unicorns, the behemoth, the leviathan, the four beasts that was mentioned by David, uh, the cherubim, giants, and werewolves. I love the cherubim. <laughs> Good because so I don't stoked. I don't yeah. understand it really, so I, I'm glad. It's crazy. I'm um, glad that you're in on this too, like yeah. learning experience for you as well. Cool. Exactly. Well, and it was funny because like doing the Google search monsters in the Bible, you get some real interesting results. <laughs> Let me tell you. But um, I'm sure there are just thousands of pages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One final thing. Well, and I'll put it this way: you get some very strong opinions, mm-hmm. and. I, I want to say, no matter what faith you are, no matter what belief you might have, even within Christianity, because we've talked about how divisive that is, um, we're not trying to be excluding of anything. Um, I'm not talking about um, like the jinn, which are in the Quran, because I don't know the Quran, so I don't feel like I have anything to speak from. I would feel... I wouldn't feel right speaking on that. Mm-hmm. This I have some background knowledge in. I can speak on that. So we're not trying to be exclusive. Just trying to give you as much information as possible. Cool. I'm all for it. But the last thing on like technically on the Bible before we get talking about these things is the books themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have varying opinions on this, but I think for the most part, uh, most biblical scholars today can agree that like it's not meant to be a strict historical text as far as like word for word goes but more of like a okay when this book was written it was intended to be um a poetic piece Um, can i can i pause that for a moment so scripture is said to be god breathed and like inspired so scripture was written by men that god appointed to tell these specific stories. Mm -hmm. So basically he downloaded this into them. They wrote it down. So like all of it has importance, um, but it's important to know in what sense that importance is supposed to be made. Cause some books are strict prophecies, Mm -hmm. which are like, can be nonsensical dreams to the person having it, which we'll talk about a little bit. Um, And you just get visions and visions of things that are, just kind of a sensory overload and they might be more symbolic mm-hmm. um some of them are meant to be like a, a, a historical telling historical telling a, a literary narrative and things like that so the different books were written with a different purpose intended not strictly to be a historical document 
Right. Gotcha. So no one, no one is saying that you know this is, this is what it is. Well, because well, I mean, even if you read kind of like the first two more. chapters, <laughs> well, the first two chapters. The point, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think what you're trying to get across is that there's gonna be some language that's a little bit more artistic and isn't just like the donkey ate the grass mm-hmm. in Bethlehem. It's gonna be like. And Lord, my soul cries out from the essence of my being to know and long for you, great blah, 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 blah. Like, there's just going to be different things that sound different, and it doesn't make any part of the text invalid because there's differences depending on what it is that they're talking about. Well, I feel like anybody listening to us for a while now is, or anybody who's stayed with us this long kind of knows that we're not like, we're not trying to offend anybody. We're just... Shout out to the campers. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. So now, I think we can dive in. So, the unicorn, like I mentioned earlier. Yes. Bring it on. Mentioned nine times. In which Bible? Which book? The King James, King specifically. James. Okay. Um, Numbers 23-22. God brings them out of Egypt. He has strength like a unicorn. Deuteronomy 33-17. Was that the first utterance of unicorn? Like period, like in the Bible. In the Bible, yeah. You're going, you're going in order. So I'm assuming yes. Mm-hmm. I just say the one time that we're all around the table here is when DJ's like actually asleep as opposed to meowing <laughs> throughout the entire podcast. He just needs to know where I am. All right. His glory is like a firstborn unicorn, and his horn. Oh, hold on. Wrong. His glory is like a firstborn bull, and his horns like the horns of the wild unicorn. Together with them, he shall push the peoples to the ends of the earth. They are the ten thousands of Ephraim, which is a man's name. And they are the thousands of the Manasseh, which is a people group. Yeah. So there's a couple small little mentions like that throughout. And that's that's really all you get. But because it's mentioned, it's grabbed a hold of, like, holy crap, there it is. Bible says it, unicorns. There's unicorns around, running around. But... So linguists have discovered that the Hebrew worm, word, worm, the Hebrew word reim, R-E apostrophe E-M, um, that was used to uh, translate as unicorn um, originally in the King James Version, um, actually refers to aurochs, which is an ancestor of a modern cow, which is why in some translations you'll see it as ox, not unicorn. So you're mis- so. Instead of saying let's let's put a cow in there, oh, a unicorn sounds a little better. So a little we'll bit. pick that translation because the language is a little more poetic. Yeah. So we're seeing what are the kids like these days unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like a small sample of that. Would you please read? Actually, Kristen, would you read Job forty-one? This is about behemoth. Okay. So you want to talk about unicorns? Do we believe? We can talk about them for a while while she's pulling that up. I don't believe. I I mean, you got the narwhal, but that's like the only single horned thing I I can think of. And like there's very few things that just boom right in the middle of their face. And I don't know. I would say a horse with a horn doesn't make sense, but a whale with a horn normally wouldn't make sense either. I have a question. I know. Surprising. Um, (laughs) But... 
aren't oxes like isn't it truly one horn it just is covered over the skull like skin covers the skull that's a very that's a very good point they have like the bump on the head yeah yeah because it's one piece of bone might be the closest thing we have to it that's a very good point i never knew if it was two or one because of that knobbly i just know like when people mount them it's one piece like when people mount like longhorn pieces too, mm-hmm. like it's one. You see it go across the forehead. It's not like it goes into the head and then out yeah. the other side. It's like resting on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. We got to look up skeletons after this. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you don't believe. No, they've been around for forever. No. That's my whole thing is that's kind of like you, you will have heard about almost all of these things in one way or another. But then when you're looking at the potentially the source of those contextually, that's like, well, I don't know. This was way <laughs> before me or anybody else here. So maybe one, one, one horn horses. Okay. So I'm going to read Job 40, 15 through 24. Behold now behemoth, which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo now, his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of God. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. Surely the mountains bring him forth food where all the beasts of the field play. He lieth under the shady trees in the convert... So, sorry, covert of the reed and fins. The shady trees cover him with their shadow. The willows of the brook compass him about. Behold, he drinketh up of a river and hasteth not. He trusteth that he can draw up Jordan into his mouth. He taken it with his eyes. His nose pierces through snares. So he's just very big, very strong, and eats a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it kind of describes him as an ox then? That's what I was about to say. I was like, I want you to tell me what you're hearing. What does it sound like? Yeah. I get that he's kind of a big old peaceful ox hanging out under. He eats grass like trees. an ox, but. Drinking up Jordans and stuff. He's very strong. <laughs> His tail is like a tree well, the trunk. Jordan River. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know that was funny. <laughs> yeah, so look at Behemoth, in which feeds on grass like, like an ox. Strength it has in its loin, what power in the muscles of its belly. Mm-hmm. Its tail always sways like a cedar. And the sinews of the thighs are close-knit. The bones are tubes of bronze and limbs like rods of iron. So, it's just something very big, very strong. So an even bigger ox. <laughs> like a right. way... I mean, I've, I've heard... Like, I've seen different... Like, behemoth, the quote-unquote name, used in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it could mean anything large and mm-hmm. most, most of the time scary. Yeah. Or unknown. But here's the question I have to you. Do you think that descri- that description is more something that we have here on like today on earth either today or was then or do you think it's its own unique mythical thing that we don't know? I think it's just a big version of something that we do have today cuz I think of like dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And like so I I like our animals have gotten smaller mm-hmm. in my brain. So I, I just imagine like a really, really big cow. When people have used behemoth and Leviathan even to give re- like, Oh look, there like there's dinosaurs in the Bible, but then we have dinosaurs and people at the same time. Cause for context for this verse, God is sitting there with Job, like 
You questioned my power. Look at this amazing thing that I've made. Job is dying. Literally dying. Because he's dying is losing faith. Mm -hmm. And God's like, you don't need to. Because if I can create something this strong, I can bring you strength again, essentially. So, wait, he was referencing a dinosaur or he made a dinosaur? No, he was like, look at this thing. <laughs> look at this behemoth. If, this, if I can make this thing that's so strong, imagine what I can do with you. Oh, specifically this reference? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I got you. Yeah. All right. I think the behemoth, based on this description, my first inkling is it's a hippo. Okay. Because it's like really stocky, you know? Okay. And just like heavy. Okay. That's my first thought. Hangs out with the reeds and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. like, okay. And needs grass. See that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in the river. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not afraid of the river. Okay. If only they had where the, you know, the tail swings around while they... <laughs> <laughs> it it but is see, so small. That's the thing. That's, so hippo is one, hippo and elephant are yeah. the two things people argue this actually, that the behemoth actually is, really? is either a hippo or elephant. Okay. I lean more toward hippo um, because everything matches there. The only thing that is off is it says its tail swings like a cedar. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I could see hippo. Is it talking about the motion of a cedar, exactly. though, or that's what size? I question? Because you know, I mean, we hippos are famous for their ears and tails like swinging in circles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, is it talking about the size of a tail being a cedar, or is it just the motion? But every other aspect lines up with a hippo. Hmm. Wow. The only case I make for size is that everything else references size very clearly. So this would be the only thing that referenced motion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I could see it either way. But even down to the environment, like you guys mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, I suppose there are, I think there are reeds that are closer to I mean, elephants chill wherever they want to. So, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. So then we go to Leviathan. Job 41.1, can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line which you lower? Can you put a reed through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make many supplications to you? Will he speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you? Will you take him as a servant forever? Will you play with him as a bird? Or will you leash him for your maidens? Will your companions make a banquet of him? Will they apportion him among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hand on him. Remember the battle. Never do it again. Indeed, any hope of overcoming him is false. Shall one not be overwhelmed at the sight of him? No one is so fierce that he would dare stir him up. Who then is able to stand against me? Who has preceded me that I should pay him? Everything under heaven is mine. So that one is a little less descriptive as far as the beast of Leviathan itself. Um, there's another passage I'm going to read. Um, Isaiah 27.1. Do you... Oh. I, so is this, the, this, is this the first reference to Leviathan? Yes. By name? Yes. Contextually, what's... I mean... Is there a, a small way to say what's going on? So God is just showing his power in different creatures. So like mm -hmm. the behemoth is one example, and now he's moving on to this Leviathan. So okay. it's the same thing. He's like, yeah, you're suffering. Yeah, you feel weak, but I can make you strong. Look what I have done to creatures that makes them strong. And I created them. So if you depend on me, my strength alone will deliver you from whatever it is you're dealing with. So this is still even a part of the same conversation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And his whole thing is... 
I made everything, but like I made you special, mm-hmm. like after my image and everything. So like these other things that I basically made for play, like they have everything they need and are immensely strong. So if like I just made them just for giggles, like what, like how much more importance do you think I put in you? Something I made after myself. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, at this point, Job was a righteous dude. Like he was so like morally upright, good guy. And um, he came into a lot of calamity. Like he lost his home, he lost his kids, he lost everything. And so essentially he's been a good guy, has never done anything wrong. And now he starts asking the question like, God, did I do something wrong to deserve this? And so this is God's answer to him. Like, who are you accusing of doing this wrong thing to you? Like I am creator of everything Mm -hmm. and I protect you and I provide for you and stuff like that. It gets deeper into Leviathan throughout the rest of the passage. And I think I know what it is too. Like, I, I don't know. I just have a hint of what I think it is. Paul, read the part where you, that captivates you. Let's keep it going. Okay. So here we go. So this is where people think it's like a, it's a monster. So we're still in Job 41, but it is, let's start in 14. So who dares open the doors of its mouth, ringed about with fearsome teeth? Its back has rows of shields tightly sealed together. Each is so close to the next that no air can pass between. They're joined fast to one another. They cling together, cannot be parted. Its snorting throws out flashes of light. Its eyes are like the rays of dawn. Flames stream from its mouth. Sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke pours from its nostrils as a boiling pot over burning reeds. Its breath sets coals ablaze and flames dart from its mouth. Strength resides in its neck. Dismay goes before it. The folds of its flesh are tightly joined. They are firm and immovable. Its chest is hard as a rock, hard as a lower millstone. When it rises up, the mighty are terrified. They retreat before its thrashing. The sword that reaches it has no effect, nor does the spear or the dart or the javelin. And it just keeps talking about how strong it is and nothing can pierce it. Interesting. So it kind of sounds like a dragon. It does sound kind of dragon. You know? His underparts are like sharp pieces of broken pottery. He moves across and spreads out grooves like threshing sledge on the mire, muddy riverbanks. He makes the deep water boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a foaming pot of ointment. Behind him, he makes a shining wake. One would think the deep to be gray-haired with foam. Upon earth, there is nothing like him. No equal exists, a creature made without fear. He looks on everything that is high without terror. He is monarch over all the sons of pride. And now, Job, who are you who does not dare to disturb the beast, yet dares to resist me, the beast's creator? This is why I like having two people mm-hmm. do I call this scripture ping pong. <laughs> because I'm not quick enough to be able to just boom, this one, boom, that one. But one person will get excited off that, like, oh, yeah. And then they'll know this piece, and like you just kind of get a ping pong back and forth. Yeah. But, okay, so that's a pretty good wrap up and that's pretty much every there's only one other scripture in isaiah that mentions the leviathan for like two sentences so we can skip that but you think it's a dragon that's like my closest thing to it i mean okay breathing flame armor on the back okay maybe like i could see some of the trudging ones kind of like with something you know an underbelly kind of thing going on okay cassandra yeah it sounds like a dragon i just really like the imagery of like it boils like Mm-hmm. it has to be in water because it boils what it touches yeah. and it like it appears gray which means like it comes out of like a like a mist it's like yeah. you don't know what's coming until you're close enough to see it and that's freaky as hell yeah. like 
<laughs> Sneaky dragon? Yeah. I just think some people use this as like literalism, like do dragons exist? But I'm like, what if God was showing Job what he made but didn't release upon the earth, you know? Like mm-hmm. it could be so many things. I also kind of think it's an alligator, but yeah. like that okay. is like the most armor mm-hmm. animal that I can think of, okay. even though that the other stuff like breathing yeah. fire and stuff might just be imagery. So I'm like, mm, I'm yeah. not sure. Okay. That's pretty cool. Okay. I Maybe so, crocodiles could once breathe fire. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they could. <laughs> we don't know. You know? <laughs> so the literal Hebrew translation for Leviathan um, is twisted or coiled. It's actually alligator, right? Oh, maybe it's an <laughs> anaconda. This no one said it had legs. My my translation says crocodile. Oh wow. Oh really? Okay. That's cool. Well, my okay, my study Bible notes in my translation say crocodile. Mm-hmm. So some people, uh, it's often I don't know how people get this. Often people think that this is like the um, oh, what's the the thing people think Nessie are the old water dinosaur mm-hmm. the Loch Ness monster yeah uh, ple- ple- not Plesiosaur oh that thing Plotosaurus I don't know what I don't know Plotosaurus I don't know but the old water dinosaur with the long neck and teeth that looks like Nessie mm-hmm. is what people attribute this to excuse me and sometimes people say a whale I don't know where they're getting that from oh it seems I, like it's something that still has the capacity to be well, violent. Well, though. but more literally, I I think... Like, blowhole? Yes, I was just thinking blowhole. Yeah. Wow. I think crocodile, I think, is the way to go. Because... In terms of that, yeah. Because almost every... Like, we have the plating that you girls mentioned. Mm-hmm. You ladies, excuse me. The, the heavy armor plating that nothing can pierce, that the fish hook can't pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the spikes on its back, which it mentioned, um, the literal translation to twisted and coiling, like the death roll that we yes. all know alligators to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, the, the, the gray that it comes out from the, 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 mu- the, the, the mud, mud from where it comes from the bottom. Um, and even, even the only thing that keeps it from that is the language of the fire and the boiling. But if you think of. The well, one I feel like it's standing tall because they don't really. Yeah. I mean, unless they have longer legs, I don't know. Well, they the 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 yeah right fire language like it breathing out from its nose would cause the bubbling, which would seem like boiling for sure. Yeah, for sure. Or the thrashing about mm-hmm. and things like that. So I I and Nile crocodiles were one of the biggest threats at that time, and we got to think mm. location wise. Um, it's it's in the area where the Nile River would reach and Nile crocodiles, which I mean, they get like longer so, than longer than us. But they then, get right? they get up I mean, to eighteen feet. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, even if even if it couldn't stand, I would consider that a leviathan. That's like, bigger than two ryans. Yeah. yeah, that's three ryans. Wow. That's three ryans. That is both a behemoth and a leviathan. Ryan is very tall. <laughs> Campers. <laughs> so. Jordan is taller. It's like two and a half Jordans. It's two and a, yeah, but three, it's, what's about three, actually? Almost three. No, I'm six, like, six foot two. Yeah. Almost three. Uh, yeah. But yeah, when it says he, when he rises up, I just think of all those videos of um, the crocodile hunter when <laughs> the thing lunges and mm-hmm. lunges straight yeah. up to grab fish and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's scary as heck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they probably also imagine them to be longer because you don't see their whole body when they do it. So it probably appeared like there's more under oh gosh, the water. 
I just imagine crocodile push-ups. <laughs> just a little guy just going. Just a little. Just like the little lizards in the sun. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the behemoth, like I've also read in other study Bibles before that it was called the king of the lizards. Like that's another way it was described. The behemoth or Leviathan? I th- well, I think Leviathan. Sorry. I think I'm talking about Leviathan. So I think, I think you're talking about Isaiah verse. Let me mm. mention that real quick. Oh, Leviathan okay. seemed to have more like... Uh, I think li- it says lizard, like he's a great lizard. Lizard-like creatures, yeah, yeah. So in um, the Leviathan's mentioned again in Isaiah 27, 1. Um, in that day, the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great, and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent. He will slay the monster of the sea. And this is Isaiah what? 27, 1. Oh, my version says, and he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. Mm-hmm. Oh. So in between a crocodile and dragon, somewhere yeah. somewhere in between there. <laughs> Which I believe the Nile crocodile can go back and forth between salt water and fresh water. It's a brackish animal. Yeah. So of the sea. You didn't appreciate my science word. Brackish. I loved it. Is that how that? It's like murky. It no, brackish water is where salt water and fresh water meet. Yeah. Brackish. Grow up in the Bay Area, you'll learn all kinds. Sounds of Sounds like gibberish. Don't at me. I would never. Okay, so we got unicorns. Mm-hmm. Got behemoths. Mm-hmm. We got Leviathans. Leviathans. Mm-hmm. So we've got horses, hippos, mm-hmm. crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, before we go any farther, I think we should take a moment and mention our sponsor. Moses Family Jerky. Moses Family Jerky and Moses Family Coffee. Supporting the podcast since... Oh, I can't say it's 2020. <laughs> Since 2019. 2019, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Technically. if you guys like jerky and you like coffee, which is, let's face it, pretty much everybody, use our code CREEPY10 with a capital C, and you'll get 10% off your order. So, where's that at? That is at Moses Family Jerky, Cassandra, and Moses Family Coffee. Is there a website I can go to? At mfjerky.com. But uh, Moses Family Jerky, they're sponsoring the podcast now. We can't thank them enough. It's cool to finally have a sponsor. It makes us feel official. Uh, but check them out. We're going to order a sample pack and uh, try. They've got several flavors. Um, but, yeah, you can get it discounted with Creepy10. That's 10% off your order. C-R-E-E-P-Y 10. The numbers, not the letters. One zero. All right, everybody. I think we're going to cut it off there. Um, so you got to hear the good context of everything, how things fit in. And we started off with a few monsters, um, but we got a whole other episode where it's purely the monsters coming up after this. So stay tuned. And don't forget, check us out on Instagram at, at Creepy Campfire Podcast. Um, hit us up on, on our email, creepycampfirepodcast at gmail.com. If you just want to say hi, have any questions, have any episode ideas, or any stories of your own, we can't get enough of those. Anybody that sends them in, if you're wanting it to be on the show, just let us know, like, hey, you can put this in an episode, and we'll be happy to do so. And, of course, if you guys want extra content, we're starting to put that out for you now. Um, Just check out our Patreon, Patreon slash Creepy Campfire, Um, and we got all kinds of cool stuff going up there. So if you're not getting enough of, of Creepy Campfire podcast, check that out, and you'll get even more content. Until next time, everybody, remember, always stay toasty.